who redeemed us, who bought us back, who placed us in the right standing with the King of Kings. And in the New Testament, we have been given a readout of our blood-bought benefits. Our blood-bought benefits include the forgiveness of sins, include the healing of our body, include our peace of mind. It is through the blood of His cross that we have been given a peace that passes all understanding. In the world we live, they know nothing of peace. But you and I have the Prince of Peace in our life. And He will keep us. And He will protect us. And our soul will know no torment. Because He was tormented for us when that crown of thorns was placed upon His head. And the blood was shed for your peace of mind. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with the stripes that wounded Him, we are healed and we are made whole. Just as sure that when you have blood drawn, that you will get a readout of what may be going on in your body. When you look in the new covenant, you get a readout of what's going on in your spirit, what's going on in your soul, and what is provided for your body because you have been purchased by blood. Woo! Glory to God. And one of the most beautiful benefits of the blood is having the right of access to come boldly to the throne of grace. Turn with me to Ephesians. And I want to look at this in the Amplified Version. I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 2. And I believe it is verse 18. I kind of blew it last sermon when I told them the wrong place. But I want you to look at Ephesians, the second chapter. And I want us to look at verse 18. Hallelujah. From the Amplified. Are you in the house today? For it is through Him that we both, whether far or near, we have now... An introduction. That's what access is. It is an introduction. It is a bringing in to the court of royalty. And through him, we have access by the Holy Spirit. So that we are able to approach him. Oh, the Holy Spirit will bring you An introduction to the King of Glory. That is why it is so important to be conscious of His indwelling presence on the inside of you. And then in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12 in the Amplified Version. Exercise your right of access. Access is never denied To a blood-bought child of the living God. 
in whom, because of our faith in Him, we dare to have the boldness, the courage and confidence of free access. There ain't nothing free these days. They may tell you it's free and later on you get a bill. But access to the throne of grace is freely given. An undeserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. Liberty in Him. Restored are we to fellowship. Restored are you to favor. That is what reconciliation means. A restoration to fellowship with Him. If you're out of fellowship with Him, get back in today. You'll find He awaits you with open arms. Fellowshipping with Him. I love that song. I am a friend of God. And He reveals to His friends intimate secrets. He reveals to those who fear Him and reverence Him and come boldly before the throne of grace the secrets of His blood covenant. Woo! Glory to God. Woo! There's so much in there that we've yet to see. Thank God for what we've seen, but God, open our eyes that we may see, that we may know, that we may feast on revelation knowledge and be doers thereof. Restored. That's who, what we are. We are once were without Christ, without a covenant, without hope in the world. But ye who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Restored to fellowship. Restored to favor. This blood is for you. The world got it wrong. They said this blood's for you. No. This blood is for you. This blood is for me. It restores you to favor with the Lord. So. And when the favor of God is evidenced in a blood-bought believer, it brings them into places that they would never be brought into had they been outside of the favor of God. His favor in you and on you opens doors that no man and no devil can shut. And sees to it that policies, rules, regulations, anything that needs to be changed, anything that needs to fall, anything that needs to go away will be removed because of blood-bought favor. Say it real strong. I have favor. I have supernatural favor with God and with man. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. We'll look at that in the King James Version. Exercise your right to access. Hebrews 10, 19. Hallelujah. Having therefore, brothers, sisters, boldness. Boldness means unreserved utterance. It means confidence. To enter in 
to the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That's entering into his presence, verse 20. By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, verse 21. And having an high priest over the house of God. Now we want you to read verse 22. Read it strong. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with an, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Come boldly now. Come confidently. He said... In your time of need, do we have times where we have need? But he says, come on now, son. Come on now, daughter. Come to the throne room of grace, of undeserved favor, and tap in and receive what I have so freely provided for you. Oh, glory to God. I'm happy today because the blood has been shed. In Exodus chapter 12, I want you to turn there. And I want to remind you of the Passover. This is what is called Holy Week. This is the week where the Passover is celebrated across the world. And the Passover was intended to protect the children of Israel from the angel that was to go throughout Egypt and to really bring destruction to the Egyptians. But God always provides a way of escape for His own. There is trouble in the land today, but if you are under the blood, I submit to you, you are protected, you are in a bubble of favor, the blood covenant of God. Mm. Hey, Shekabasatoye. Thank you, Lord. Mm. And so, he says, I want you to take a lamp. And I want you to slay the lamb. And I want you to get flat full of the lamb. Full of the word for us. Then I want you to take the blood of the lamb. And I want you to place on the doorpost of your household with hyssop. I want you to apply the blood. Apply the blood and dip it in the blood in the basin and strike the lintel on the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of this house until the morning. Let's look at verse 27. Or verse 23, excuse me. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. But oh, when he sees the blood upon the lintel and upon the two side posts. The the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. They were in covenant with God. They had a part to play in this covenant. And their part was the application of blood. 
If they did not apply the blood, they would not have been passed over or protected. Now you are in covenant with God. But if you do not apply the blood and plead the blood, not with hyssop, but with your mouth. The door will be open to the destroyer. But by the word of your lips, you can keep yourself from the path of the destroyer. And he walks about as a roaring lion. And he seeks whom he may devour. But you're blood bought. I said, you're blood bought. How about you over here? Are you blood bought? How about you here? Are you blood bought? How about you here? Are you blood bought? How about you over here? Are you blood bought? How about this church? Are you blood bought? Woo, glory to God. Blood bought. Now you're bought by blood. But to be bought by blood on paper and to plead the blood of what you've been bought by is another thing. So in the name of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus over your household. In the name of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus over your automobile. In the name of Jesus, put your hands on your head and plead the blood over your soul. Because the enemy will attack the soul of a blood-bought believer. Every sanctified saint has had thoughts come to their mind that their heart has detested. Thoughts come from three sources, from God, from us, and from the devil. And oftentimes the enemy brings his strongholds into the city of your soul trying to bring you down. How many have ever seen a great big huge building go down as a result of them wanting to remove that building and put something else there? They put charges of dynamite in strategic places on that building. And what took years to build, many times would take 10 seconds to bring down. Well, I believe the Lord is saying that He is strategically putting charges of dynamite power, of His Word, of His blood, in areas of your soul that the devil has tormented you with. And by the power of God, there's going to be a blast of glory, and it's going to bring those strongholds down in your life. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. And they'll pull down things that the enemy has sown into your life for years. They will pull down generational curses. They will pull down the thoughts and the high things that the enemy has laid waylay in your life for decades. One blast of the power of God by faith in the blood will pull strongholds down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to die young. Just because your family tree carries within it a certain disease, the curse 
stops here. Are you here? It stops now. One thought from heaven can change your life forever. One thought from glory can remove religious bondages and things that have held you back and held you in bondage. You were namo sevre de mastoya. You were not intended to be the most low and down. But God raised you up to a position of favor in Him so that you may excel and prosper and enjoy life in abundance to the full until it overflows. I grew up on the wrong side of the track. Someone said, you won't find that in the blood covenant. There's no such a thing as the wrong side. When you come into Christ, you're on the right side. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. And so take the hyssop of the blood and apply the blood into every area of your life. Don't allow thoughts and imaginations of the evil one to stay in your soul. When he bombards you like a machine gun with thoughts of failure, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of defeat, it's not time to try to outthink him. If he can keep you in the realm of thought, in the arena of reason, he'll whip you every time. But oh, you get him over here, shake kabas, take him by the neck. Have an eye-to-eye confrontation with him. He said, now look, Dale, I don't know if you can read or not, but now notice what the word says. And just hold him there for a minute. The word says, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. The word says, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. The word says, I'm an overcomer and I overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of mine. Do you need more or shall we just put you down now? Hallelujah. I told this in the earlier service. I'll tell it again. Thoughts can hold you in bondage. There was a young girl whose mother was at the dentist and literally died of a heart attack while in the dentist's chair. And she vowed that she would never go to the dentist because that fear tormented her her whole life. And she wasn't a Christian. She didn't know what to do about it. So she stayed away from the dentist till she was in her 30s. And then she had to go to the dentist because she had no choice. But this fear overwhelmed her and overtook her and overwhelmed her. It was 30 years of thinking, wrong thinking. 30 years of an open door which gives the enemy access. She called her physician and said, would you please come with me? to the dentist. I need you there. And he said, yes, I will, because he knew the story. She went into the dentist's chair and after a few moments died of a heart attack. This was in the London newspaper years ago. Somewhere, somehow, a door was open and a door was left open. 
That, friends, is supernatural. But it's supernatural demonic. And you and I have authority over that stuff. I've got a prescription for you if you don't want to fly. Get a cheap ticket on Southwest and go to Disneyland. What you do not overcome can overcome you. And the Bible says we are not to be overcome with evil. But we are to overcome evil with good. And the Bible's good. And the blood is good. And faith in the blood coming out of your mouth is good. Years ago, on the Day of Atonement, when blood was shed as a sacrifice, and the blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat to atone and really to cover the sins of Israel for an entire year, there was something very interesting that took place. There was a live goat that was taken, and it was slain, and the blood was shed, and the blood was applied, but there was a scapegoat that was set free. And that scapegoat went out into the wilderness. You and I are that scapegoat. But they would have scouts looking to make sure that that goat that was set free really got to where it needed to go into the wilderness. And once they saw the goat completely set free, they'd wave flags. And they'd wave flags from mountain to mountain until it got back to the temple. The news got back to the holy temple. And when the news got back to them, the Feast of Tabernacle would begin. And in the Feast of Tabernacle, they were commanded by Jehovah to rejoice for seven days. And the common folks and the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees, when news that the blood had been shed, hallelujah, started blowing the shofar. Started blowing the trumpet. Started dancing. Started shouting. Because they were free. Because of the blood. Well you and I. Are under a better covenant. Established upon better promises. And we don't rejoice for seven days. We rejoice 24-7. Because the blood has been shed. There is a time for you and I to get so full of the revelation of the blood-bought covenant that we rejoice, we shout, we blow the trumpet in Zion. The Bible says that a happy heart, that a merry heart, what does it do? It does you good. And it does you good just like a medicine. Listen, saints, it's medicinal on Sunday morning for you to come and get happy. It is necessary on Monday morning, though you don't feel like it, to arise and shine for your light has come, even if you've got to do it by faith. In some of the darkest hours of our lives, some of the darkest hours of our ministry, Brenda and I would pass each other in the hallway, running and shouting the victory. (laughs) 
You've got a blood covenant. The blood's been shed. But it doesn't have to be shed every year. He entered into the holy place once and for all and obtained an eternal redemption for you and for me. I want to read something to you that's good. We're not going to preach for long today, but listen very carefully. Even the smartest, most influential men in that generation (laughs) rejoiced and celebrated because what they had understood about what the blood had done. At the foot of Mount Moriah in the city of David, there's a natural spring called Siloam, the source of Jerusalem's water. As it is located literally in the shadow of the holy temple, it always had spiritual significance for Israel. Each day of the festival, now seven days, the priest, which was God's representative. And by the way, the priest was an afterthought of God. The priest was not God's perfect plan. But because of their disobedience when Moses was up in the mount and they killed the fatted calf and they started worshiping him, he had to institute things for them to draw near to God so it wouldn't kill them. God's perfect plan and perfect will was always as it was from the beginning, as it was with Adam. Perfect fellowship. Unhindered love. But the priest, he'd fill a golden flask of about a liter and a half of pure water, and he would draw from that place. And he returned to the temple through the west gate on the southern side of the court. I've been there. How many of you have been to Israel? It's an awesome place. And as they entered the gate... Their steps were greeted by the sound of trumpets and shofar blasts in fulfillment of the prophet's words. Now, turn with me to Isaiah 12, verse 3. Listen to this. I'm telling you, they got happy. In Isaiah 12, verse 3, notice this, it says, This fulfilled these words. Read it with me, verse 3. Therefore, with joy, shall you draw water out of the wells. Glory to God. They had a reason to rejoice because they were fulfilling this scripture. With joy, shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now, let's bring this over into today, New Covenant. How many of you know that there's only one way to God? There are not many ways to salvation. There's one way. Anybody know what his name is? Jesus. Oh, we can do a little better than that. Anyone know what his name is? Jesus. One more time. What's his name? Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. But he's saying to these guys now, with joy shall you draw. Now notice, not well of salvation, but wells. Is wells plural? That means there are many benefits to your salvation. There's the well of health. There is the well of joy. There is the well of a renewed mind. And notice what he's saying. He says, therefore with sadness... How many of you know it is 
a responsibility of mine and yours to do some drawing. Come on now. Drawing denotes being a doer. Drawing denotes, denotes dipping into the wells that he has provided for and bringing it up so that we can rejoice in the God of our salvation. Heart of the Bay, today I think we should rejoice. The Bible says, out of our inner man will flow rivers of living water. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We haven't seen Him yet, have we? But do we love Him? Even though we don't see Him, here's what happens. We rejoice with exceeding joy. And we get happy because of what the blood of Christ has done for us. 24-7. And in closing, I want you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Oh, we're learning some things today. Say it with me. I'm not just a hearer of the word. But I am a doer. I am a doer of the word of God. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will meet you and the glory of God will meet you as you begin to sing and dance and rejoice. Now, in closing, how many of you remember a guy by the name of David? And David's goal was to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant contained the tables of stones. The Ark of the Covenant was also known as the Ark of the Testimony. The Ark of the Covenant is where the presence of God was stored up. The Ark of the Covenant was where the Holy of Holies was and God's power was in manifestation. Now, they tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem and the oxes sort of stumbled a little bit and the Ark started shaking and one of the men touched the Ark and he died instantly. Because how many of you know the Ark of the Covenant was not to be touched? And so David said, okay, let's take a break here. And let's take the Ark of the Covenant and let's place it in the home of Obadiah. And so they placed the Ark of the Covenant in the household of Obadiah for three months. And something happened. So I said something happened. It was not home as usual for Obadiah and his bunch. <laughs> the Bible says that Obadiah got blessed out of his socks. That's a Thomas paraphrase. But not only did Obadiah get blessed, but his whole household got blessed. And David heard of it, and he was blessed. And how many of you know the presence of the Lord is designed not to be afraid of, but the presence of God is designed to bless you and to help you, you and your whole household. And so David said, okay, it's time now to take the ark out of there. And let's bring it back to Jerusalem. And here is something that was so powerful. Verse 12 of 2 Samuel 6. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obadiah and all that belongs to him because the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark from the house of Obadiah to the city of David with sadness. No, he was glad. Now notice this. This is such a great truth. 
And so it was. When those bearing the ark of the Lord, they just went six paces. Okay? They're bearing the ark. One, two, three, four, five, six. They stopped. And when they had stopped at six paces, they made a blood sacrifice. Speaking of blood covenant. He sacrificed oxen and fatlings. Then, the Bible says, David danced. There was something about the presence of God and the animal sacrifice and the blood that was honored that the power of God came on him and he started dancing. And it wasn't the Tulsa two-step. It wasn't some sort of strange polka. I'm not sure what it looked like, but I've had the Holy Spirit come upon me. And I didn't care what it looked like. David's wife evidently cared what it looked like. She said, oh, weren't you something today, boy? And he says, I'm going to get even more bolder than this. But my point is this. Is the presence of God and the blood being applied was honored and it caused David to dance. And the Bible says he danced with the Lord with all of his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. Verse 15. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with what? Shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now, in the New Testament, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on now. Because of the blood of Jesus. And I believe that the glory of God will fill you as you begin to sing and to dance and to rejoice. When you do those things, the Holy Spirit will take the triumph of Christ and make it real to you. Now, I am not trying to orchestrate everyone getting up. And dancing with all their might. I am not going to operate in the realm of the flesh and try to work something up. But what I am advocating and what I am saying today is heart of the bay, you ought to be glad that Jesus went to the cross for you. Heart of the bay, you ought to be thankful. That the blood of Jesus separated you from hell. And brought you into the royal family of God. I think just for a few moments we could stand up. And we could give thanks to God. Because we are part of the blood-bought church. Come on somebody. Glory to God. Let there be rejoicing. Let there be shouting. Let there be triumph. Glory to God. Look at this now. Six paces. I don't know how long it took, but they had themselves a good time. And I don't know how long it's going to take for your manifestation to come. But you ought to enjoy the trip, rejoicing all the way, because the blood has been shed, and you are more than a conqueror through Him. Woo! 
glory to God. Glory to God. On Monday, one pace, you get a revelation of the blood and you jump. On Tuesday, you get a revelation of your covenant with God and you do a little dance. On Wednesday, you blow the trumpet in Zion. On Thursday, you do it all at the same time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. On Friday, you jump. On Saturday, you spin. On Sunday, you just can't hold it in. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you feel that? Woo, thank you, Lord. Let's lift our voice and our hands. This week, all week long, rejoice. And when we come together Easter Sunday, I think there's just going to be some dynamite charges all over. (laughs) Some things that were dead are going to be raised. Some visions that are dusty are going to be dusted off. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for the Holy Spirit to make very real in my heart and in the hearts of your people here the truth that has gone forth this morning. And Lord, we are in blood covenant with you. And even when we don't feel like it, help us to rejoice because it's a good thing to do. Even when we're tempted to complain and to pout and to doubt, help us to rise up and praise and be raised and have faith in your blood. Lord, I know that many of us go through difficult times, but you are there, right there in our midst to bring us through unto the other side. And Father, before we go home today, I know that there are people that heard this word and their hearts cry out. Their hearts cry out for renewal and for refreshing and for a restoration of fellowship. Perhaps your fellowship has been broken through your own wrongdoing. I'm not here to condemn anyone. I'm here to lift people because I know that's my father's heart. But today I believe there's restoration in God's house. And I believe that God wants to restore people back into fellowship with Him. Along with that, I believe in my heart, there are people that perhaps you're outside of this blood covenant. And you're saying, you know, after hearing the Word of God and how good God is, I want to come running to Jesus Christ today. I want to pray with you. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. Today is a brand new day and today is your choice. He said, if you'll choose to rejoice and choose this day whom to serve, that I'll be there to meet you. God says, I will commune with you around the mercy seat. His mercy is over us today. So I want to pray with everybody who is in those two particular areas. And thirdly, those of you that have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit and yet you'd like to be filled with the Spirit and you say by the uplifted hand, pray for me. Everyone who wants prayer for restoration to fellowship, to receive Jesus, 
to be filled with the Spirit. Don't delay one moment longer. Everybody who wants prayer in that regard, raise your hand right now all over this auditorium. Just raise it up high.